0: So this morning we're going to be talking about hospitality. Um, mainly that hospitality, it's, it is way beyond friendliness. Uh, and I will, I'll show that to you with the scriptures. Um, before, just, just some background to this message. Uh, it came up, the elders were uh, brought it up that somebody's going to teach on hospitality. And I was like, I got this. Like, this, this one I can do. Like, I was thinking, you know, I'm a pretty hospitable guy. I, I would think most people think I'm generally friendly. I'm not normally a jerk to people. At least that's that's what I think. <laughs> and then listen, like I started going through this scripture, and I have spent weeks of being convicted on this. Like weeks. It has been a, a very intense moment uh, of my life just working through this. You can ask Heather. We've had a lot of conversations about it. Um, but to, to set the stage, I'll tell you a story of like is this is – to be fair, this is a story in the past, so we can blame it on immaturity instead of sin. <laughs> so, so in high school, I was in this French class, and I absolutely hated it. I thought it was just, it was a bunch of memorization. It's not that I didn't like French, it was just that I didn't like memorizing French. So, ex- with exception, I know, very similar, right? Except for one glorious day. It was French food day. It would happen every every semester, we'd have French food day. And it always comes back to food with me for some reason. So what would happen is everybody in class, you would get graded on this, I'm pretty sure, like it was like a test grade, and like, you would do something French, like you'd bring something in French. And I was, I just, oh my gosh, it was so good. So I was so hungry, we brought in all this food. If you were lazy, you just brought brie cheese, like which I love, so that was great for me. And so everybody brought in this food and they, they put it in the refrigerator and then we had to wait a few hours before lunch or whatever. And the teacher was like, "Hey, would you like to go grab the food?" I'm like, "Yep, yes, I would." So I go, I go downstairs, and it's in the refrigerator. And I open this refrigerator up, and the perfect LED lights just hit, and the angelic sounds are like, you know, it's it's really exciting. So I kneel down, and I'm like, I'm looking in the refrigerator, and there's guys, there's so much French food, and I start pulling it out, and I just start eating it. Like nobody's here. I'm like, I'm selfish. Like I'm such a selfish jerk. Like I, I it was like. But maybe I was just testing, you know, like poison stuff, you know. So, so I start eating at least one of each one. Like I got to test it all. I was so hungry, guys, and I was selfish. And so I get to the last one, and I le- I reach like way back in the refrigerator, and I pull it out and I pop it open. And I'm like, that's a weird one, but I'm doing this, and so I eat it. And it's like, it's like kind of fuzzy, and it's like yeah. deep, deep cheese flavor, like. Umami, right? <laughs> and so, so I, I put it back in the container, and I'm like, all right, like I'm not full, like I'm not gonna confess that I did all this. I'm gonna eat with the class. So, so I go upstairs, and the teacher's like, oh, this is good, Scott. Take this one back. It's not French food. And I'm like, what? Like, what is it? And she's like, that's somebody's old lunch. I'm like, what? I was like, I'm pretty sure, guys, it was old meatballs, (laughs) you know, it's like, it it was so, like, the deep funk, you know, it it was, it was intense, it was pretty fuzzy, so that one got me, right, so it was, it was like, I I was thinking through this week on, like, how I naturally, selfishly position myself in advance of others, that one is funny, and it got me, and I was like, all right, touche, you know. But it, what, I was, what I've been convicting on is, is that still today, like, that is me today. And it's, it's not just the big things. Like, you probably won't notice them because I'm, like, I think through that. I don't want to look like a sinner. But it's, it's the small things. That's what has convicted me this week. Like, that I, that I put myself in front of you. Or, or that I, like, even in the little things, I leverage myself to be in a comfortable position. Like, I don't want to change the baby's diaper. It's just true. You know? <laughs> Sorry, Heather. But I have been convicted on this. So the main thing that, that has, has impacted my mind is the phrase hospitality changes everything. It's way beyond friendliness. Like way beyond friendliness. It's consistent sacrificial love empowered only by the Holy Spirit. It is it is not just putting a plate of food in front of someone. That is a practice of hospitality. Hospitality is a lifestyle. So we're going to be talking about pretty much the sin of selfishness today, and, and I'm going to be confronting that sin. But just know, like I did not come into this message thinking I was going to confront sin. Like It's hospitality. I thought I was going to talk about green bean casserole and potluck. Like <laughs> That's honestly how I thought this was going to go. And I, I feel like the Holy Spirit has, has worked me on this, um, not only for myself, but for our church. So, as we get into this, if you could turn to Romans 12. First, I want to look at Romans 12.1, and then we'll get to verse 9. It says, uh, Paul says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul is about to give incredible application to every one of our lives. Just a massive Massive amount of incredible application, and he uses the word therefore, so I'd like to call your attention to that word. Therefore means there's something before that, that he is referencing. It could either be he's referencing a small word, a large segment of Scripture, or something much greater. And I think it's a very large section of Scripture. I think what he's referring to is Romans chapter 1 through chapter 11, a, a large portion. So we're going to go through all those chapters today. Uh, which is true, but uh, to respect your time, what I've done is I've, I've paraphrased Paul's words, and I would like to talk in, to you like I am Paul. I am not. This is not masterfully done. This is not the words of Scripture. Some of it will be very, very close. Um, but this is, this is, I think, a, a very good summary of what Paul would have said in Romans 1 through 11. Be thinking through this. Paul through 1 through 11 has created an incredible theological treatise of how is one saved and who can be saved. This is what he says. <clears throat> hey, believers in Rome. Grace and peace to our peace to you from our God. I thank God so much <clears throat> because I hear about your faith in our God. I would really really love to come visit you, but it's just it's hard. The gospel of Jesus, it's pretty neat. It's for the Jew. but I'm talking to you guys in Rome. It's for the Greek as well. It's for, it's for everybody. But here's the hard part. Because of that, punishment is for everyone as well. The gospel of Jesus Christ, it is for the Jew and the Greek. But everyone, because of that, everyone is guilty. This is really bad. No one is righteous, not even one. Everyone has turned away. All have sinned and fallen. But God presented his own son, like his own son, and as, as right. And in doing that, like you can be called right in front of him. The only way you are made right before God is through Jesus. Even Abraham, the guy that you've heard about so much that is, that is so righteous, he, he is not made right because of the things that he did. He's made right because of the God that he believed, our God. So because of this, because Jesus came and he died on a cross and he was was put to death and he rose from the dead and you are able to be made right before God, we have peace with God, those who believe. We are reconciled with him. So what now? We're good, right? Do we continue in sin? Of course not. Like we would never do that. We should never continue in sin because we died to sin and now we live to Christ. Just like your baptism, you were buried into his death and you rose because of his life. So consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God and Jesus. Don't let sin reign in your bodies. Bad news though, you're going to sin. Good news though, no condemnation. You are free. Your mind should not be on the sin that you've done, but on the freedom you have in Christ and your Savior, Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. You're free. You should know this, though. It is going to be tough, and you are going to groan for Jesus' coming. It will be intense. You should also know that he he has given us a helper, the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you in these times. The Spirit is here to help. Also, in those times, something that's neat is God works even those things for your good. If God is for us, who can be against us? He didn't even spare his own son. He offered Jesus up. Nothing can separate us from Jesus. Not even the Son, sin that you're you're feeling condemned about. Nothing can separate us from Him. No height, no depth, no nothing. We're good. God is sovereign. You should know that. He chooses who He chooses. He's kind of like a potter and you are the clay and he's just molding you however he wants. And it is your objective to submit to that. He is the boss for who has counseled God. He is totally sovereign over you. Therefore, brothers, hear me in this. By the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. In light of all of this, believers be the church. Believers be the church is chapter 12, 1 through 8. And now we're in verse 9, and he is about to give us a significant amount of commands on how we thus because of that we should live. So, let's get into it. 12 verse 9. Love must be without hypocrisy. This is imperative, it is not a suggestion. And it is interesting that we have the word without hypocrisy. It's actually one word in the Greek, if you're interested. The only reason that Paul would have used without hypocrisy is because there was an imposter love. There was a false love. So one of the biggest questions that I'm asking today is Is that false love that Paul is talking about in our midst today in in this room. And I personally believe that it is. I believe that the Holy Spirit has worked hard, not only in my own life and exposed it, but has shown me that it is in our church and it needs to be shown. So I, th- I think one of the reasons that it's so challenging to have this false love is because we are incredible liars. Not only to others, but we are incredible liars to ourselves. and I will prove it. Have you ever heard of the, um, the thought that when a woman goes in front of a mirror, she sees all the imperfections and she misses the good? Yeah? Okay, well, there's, there's another side of that where when a guy is in front of a mirror, she, he sees all the good and misses the imperfections. I can confirm to you right now that that is true. I have spent so much time being like, "Hey, that guy, he looks in shape." Like, <laughs> that's that's what I, I'm not. I'm a liar. Like, it's not true. I, like, but it can get crazy, guys. Like, like it could get to the point where it's like, there's a pimple on my cheek and it's popping out my like my, my jawline. And I'm like, boss. Like, <laughs> got a chisel bo- jawline today. Like, maybe not that much, but but it is true. Like, we're incredible liars to ourselves. The same goes to like ourselves believing that we are loving each other when when we're just. It's, it's not an authentic love, but it's a false love. We often go around throwing out surface friendliness. I think this is very, very common among us, that we are, very, we are very friendly. And I'm not challenging that. It's not a bad thing to be friendly. It is extremely easy to walk in this room and have people be friendly to you. But how about a deep, deep love? I think that is the trick. So the first thing is is don't go out of here thinking that your friendliness is a deep, deep love unless it is there there is um, there's a way to, to to check on this to see if this is us and and one is like if if I am walking through this door and I'm having conversations with others, is it inspired and is it like deep from the Holy Spirit just bubbling out of me like i can't stand it because I love love this these brothers and sisters so much that is a good way to to think about it because. The, the bottom line of this entire message is biblical hospitality goes way beyond friendliness. It is consistent, sacrificial love empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is activated, it is initiated, and it is empowered, and it cannot be stopped because the Holy Spirit desires this in all of us. So if we are seeking Jesus in this way, and we are, we are really submitting to the Holy Spirit, our love for the, the brothers and sisters in this room will be very similar to familial love, and I'll show that, show that in a minute. So the next thing is in, uh, still in verse nine. He says, detest evil and cling to what is good. Evil, absolutely abhor it, like to the utmost. Get, have, like, it should give you just sheer horror, evil. Detest it, detest evil so much. And that doesn't mean, and hear me, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we are um, to be scared of evangelizing or loving those in sin that That is not the case it's it 's a lie that I know is is very easily said because I have used it before but that that is absolutely not the case um, we We can evangelize and we can love the sinner and and just hate the sin in them and around them. I was a few weeks ago I was hanging out with a fentanyl addict, and we we talked for forty five minutes probably, and I absolutely hated the sin in him because I could see it just tearing him up like his like the twitches he had and stuff. And, but he had such a great personality. And we talked through um, the gospel multiple times. And, but it, it, the sin is what, what is, is what we hate. The sin is what I hated, not him. I loved him. Like, he was awesome. So don't believe that lie. If you're, but you should know that if you're, if you're striving to live a righteous life and you're dwelling with evil and it's okay and you're, you're good with evil, there is no way that you can live that righteous life that you desire. It's impossible, just forget it. If, if you are cool with sin in your life, it, it, is, it makes it impossible. You will suppress the Spirit's work. So uh, I, I would recommend that be in relationships where you are not around yes men or yes women. Like be around relationships that they will challenge you and ask you the hard questions and check your pride. But more importantly, seek the Spirit. Seek him and be self-reflective in that, where you are praying sincerely and like in, in intense devotion that he would expose the sin to you. I've done that once in my life, more than that, I probably, but like, but like there was, there was an intensity once that I was just praying that God, if this is sin, show me. And he did. Like the conviction that I experienced in it was just monumental in my life. And it has pushed me into righteousness. The next thing is cling to what is good, glue, like cement. Cling to what is good. And how do we do this? We should just know what Jesus likes and desire him. We should seek him. What are his words? What is he like? What is he not like? How how does he phrase things? Read the words of scripture. How do we cling to what is good? We cling to what is good. And what is good? Jesus. Jesus alone is good. Seek him deeply. So we have love without hypocrisy, detest evil, and cling to what is good. And then number three is show family affection to one another with brotherly love. So now we're getting into the idea of hospitality. Um, Showing family affection. Are you doing this? Not like do we have some friends in the church, but is there family affection among you? Is there there relational intensity like a brother or a sister? Biblical hospitality, it's it's so much more than friendliness. It It is only empowered by the Holy Spirit. So is this your lifestyle? And I use lifestyle in, uh, on purpose because it is, it is not a moment. It is, it is a true lifestyle of self-sacrifice. I ask the question to myself, is this my lifestyle? And it, the honest answer is no. Like it, it is not. The majority of my time is spent... like So when I look at Heather and I's schedule, a lot of the times I look at it, I'm like, Thursday night is home group night. That's the busy night. But the rest of the night's... Pretty much, you know, we could get, get to hang out with one another. But why aren't I spending that time with my neighbors and with you? Why aren't I inviting you over more often? Why, why am I not seeking Jesus in such a way that he, I, I love him so much that I just can't wait to hang out with you? My love, for the, my love for my brother, Scott's in the building, is very close to, I am Scott as well. I know that's confusing. <laughs> is, is, is very close to my love for my closest friend. It's very close. I would do anything for Scott Musinski. I would do anything for my closest friend. My love for my brother and my love for my closest friend should be nearly indistinguishable to you. I should love you that much. And I confess, like, I don't very often. And it is because the Holy Spirit is not working in that because I have suppressed him in that way. I want you to know I have spent weeks confessing this I have, I have shed tears on this. There was a guy next to me on an airplane. He was nervous about COVID. I assured him I wasn't. And then I started crying and snotting all over him. <laughs> like, not on him, but like, you know, yeah, like, he was probably like, what the heck? He just got COVID right now. <laughs> like it, it, has, it has hit me first. That is for sure. So how do I know? Like, how do I know that this love should be nearly indistinguishable? I just read it. It was verse 10. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. This is the beginning of biblical hospitality. And it is a command to be in this way, to have the Holy Spirit rock you in this way. The brotherly love, which I believe Paul had in mind, in my life, to you guys, in this church, there is a tearing of that. And, and it is fairly wide, I think. And I am, I am striving so bad and praying that the Holy Spirit would initiate huge amounts of love for you. But also, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit has worked with me on, is that when I look at this closeness that Paul had, as it is in my life, I believe that it is huge, a widely vast difference that is in our church. I say this with caution because it is a, a confrontational moment. Um, and it will continue in that way. And I, I have prayed a lot that like, like, if this is just me, like I don't want to talk about this because it doesn't sound very fun. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit has said, no, this is, this is it. Like this is, this is what is to be delivered. So again, the, uh, the family, family affection to one another with brotherly love. Not only is this a command, it's so important. There was a study that I read the other day, and it was like 36% of Americans feel lonely. It was 61% of young adults, and 51% of mothers with children feel serious loneliness. If this is true, like there's probably somewhere around 30-40% to of us that felt lonely before we came in here, and more than likely, very close to that, will feel the same when they walk out and go back home. So it is, it is not only a command of Scripture, but it is very obvious that it is needed among us. More than once, uh, just as an example, more than once I have, I have heard that people coming into our church, it is very, it's easy to get friendliness, but it is very, very hard to get connected like in a deep way, in a relational way. And, and that should not be. This is the church. This is the bride of Christ that is aligned to the Spirit, and the Spirit works in us, and he desires brotherly love. How could this be? I think it's because we suppressed him in this way. Number four um, is outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Like how do, how do you even do that? The first thing that comes to my mind is people just saying excuse me a lot, no you, like excuse me, pardon, pardon, pardon me, pardon me, pardon you, pardon us. Like that—that that is so not it. I have an analogy that is somewhat silly, but I really think this will help. So I have, I had a friend in college. This was not me, okay? I just want you to know that. He really liked this girl. Like he was, I don't think he ever talked with her. He was terrified because she, he he was, I never saw her. He just said, she's just really beautiful. It, it was a totally different campus than I was on. And uh so I was talking with him about it. He was like, dude, she walked behind me yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, so and they were going. So the way the story goes, is, I was told, is he's, he's walking, and she's behind him, and he notices, and he has this full-on freak-out moment, right? Like, she's behind me, she's behind me, she's behind me. And they walk up to—they're so about to get to the door. Now pause for just a second, and I'll tell you what happened when they get to the door. But have you ever, have you ever liked someone— and, like, like, it was, like, right at the beginning of the, the relationship, and you were just constantly thinking, almost, like, almost, like, kind of a freak, like, I just, I just want them to think about me, and I want to think about them, and I want them to like me a lot, and how do I make them like me more, and, like, I just want to honor them. Like, I, I, maybe you didn't use that word, but, like, that's the thought. It's, like, what can I do for them? What can I do for them? Like, I just, I just really like them a lot. So, so, this guy, I'm not going to say his name. So he's walking in like full panic. He's constantly thinking about this girl that's behind him. She has no clue who he is. She's just walking behind a dude. Goes up to a door. He, you know how you're supposed to like open the door for another person? He, he forgot. And he stepped out of the way because he was thinking like, you first, you know, try to bring honor. So he stepped out of the way so she could open the door for herself. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much just said like, open it for yourself. I'm going to stay here. I'll come in after you. Like, how? Like, that's, that's full-on panic, right? But, but so, so kind of funny out of practice, but, but really helpful in, in the mindset. Like, what is outdoing one another in an honor? It's, it is almost obsessively loving each other so much that we just want to outdo each other. We just, we just love each other so much. Like, I'm just going to figure this out. Like, I'm going to invite all of you today. Just kidding. I'm not. I'm Heather, <laughs> you're not all invited today. We have a pretty small house. Um. But yeah, it's it's almost to the point of obsession, but but hear me, it's so important. This is not something that you can just activate. This is the Holy Spirit working in you. Like, you should be seeking him in such a way that there is just, there's no other way. So, are you looking to love others like a sister or a brother? It, it is very often, I think, and I am guilty in, at this as well, that that we, we come into this building and it's a, a religious exercise. Um, like, Like we we come in, we talk to the people that's in our safety bubble, and then we go home. This cannot be. Like we must collectively together obey scripture in this way. The Spirit wants this in us. If we truly are believers, the Spirit wants this. So it is not a false love of surface friendliness. Friendliness is so uh, boring in comparison to this. It is not what Paul had in mind at all. The next is do not lack diligence, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. The essence of Christian living is is not is is serving Jesus is, is not just to gorge yourself on the religious practice of coming in and, and participating in the meal of, of this what we're doing now. Like it's it's not just to gorge ourselves and then go home. It is to come to this religious gathering and then and then enjoy the conversation with one another and love each other in, in, like a brother and like a sister and, and find those who do not get to experience this table and invite them to it. We should be serving Jesus. The this, this scripture is pretty clear. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. I was, I was watching a, um, a video of this guy. He was a prepper and he was... Just in case there was some regional or national or worldly, co- worldwide conflict, he was like buying all these guns and massive ammunition and had food and, and but he was also morbidly obese, so he was like doing all the work like and accumulation accumulation, but if a conflict actually happened, he couldn't run across the front yard like he'd be down after five minutes of the conflict. And it's like he's he's not he's not acting, he's he's not doing it like if he sh- he should be like running and like hustling. So for us, like do we come to this? Do we come to this religious meal and we just gorge ourselves with with the feast of of the the worship and the teaching and like good things, great things for sure. But like are are we fervently desiring to serve Jesus? And are we doing it? Is the holy spirit working in our life that we're confessing our own selfishness and we're just figuring out ways that we can lower ourselves so we can honor each other? The next is uh, verse 12. It says, Rejoice in hope. Because remember, hope is real. Like, he just got done talking through, like, Jesus is the only hope. Be patient in affliction. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is here. Like, he's got you. If God is for us, what can be against us? And then be persistent in prayer. And and we're going to put that into practice in just a moment. And then verse 13 share with the saints in their needs, pursue hospitality. So, as we talk about pursuing hospitality, try to train your brain to do two things. Number one, don't get stuck in what you've done or what you're doing. If, what I found, I found this in business as well, too. Like, those who really think, that that easily get stuck in what they've done, and they talk about what they've done, they get that dopamine hit. It's like, that was great. And there is a less likelihood of actually continuing forward. So if the first thought when I'm like, pursue hospitality, like the Holy Spirit should pursue hospitality, is like, okay, what have I done? What have I done? Like, let's, let's stop doing that for just a minute. Don't let, don't let any dopamine hits get to your body for that. So the, the, what we should be doing is just seeking Jesus in real ways and submission to him as he works this in us because he desires it. The Holy Spirit desires this in us. Um, and, and then the other one just simply is, is, is definitely pursue hospitality. Consider it a lifestyle not a moment to execute. It is, a, it is something that will take over your entire life because the Holy Spirit desires to love other people through you. Like that, that is not just, let's do a meal. That is like, my life is for the king. So, like I said, I used to think I was pretty uh, selfless. Um, but then I, I saw this. Like, I, I saw how this, the selfishness was still there. Um, so I asked the question, like, for you, um, do you really desire to sacrifice your own comfort to maybe have your grocery bill multiply by two or three because you're feeding neighbors and you're, you're feeding the church family? Um, are you ready to burn hours and hours of your week serving others instead of yourself? To spend your mental space and your energy thinking about others because you love them so much because the Holy Spirit just won't let you stop. Are you really t- ready to not suppress him in that? Are you ready to give without being tax-deductible because you just see a need and you just execute? And some of you, are you, you really are. You're doing that, and that's, that's amazing. Are you ready to not put your head down and look at your phone when you're, when you're in an awkward situation in, in our church, but instead, like, just extend yourself and, and, and show love because the Holy Spirit has prompted you in such a way? Are you ready to, to even think through, like, uh, maybe my kids shouldn't be in this sport because it takes so much time and energy from our family and that would take away from the church or from, from being able to serve our neighbors. I was really thinking about this with Heather um, and we are in the middle of making lots of changes and I, it, it, is, it is doable, but it didn't start with me just like, all right, I'm just gonna make a bunch of changes in my life. It started with the Holy Spirit convicting me in it. There is, as you work through this, um, you will always find a great reason not to do something. There's, there's always a great reason not to do something great. That's why we don't do it. But the same is said, there's always a great reason not to obey Scripture. Like, there's just always going to be a reason. Like, it, it's very easy to think, but what if this person hurts me? Or what if they take advantage of me? Or what if they hurt my family? Or, or what if they steal, kill, or destroy my riches? Or, or whatever it may be. And I'm not saying be dumb, you know. But, but I am saying watch out because there there you, you you do need to use wisdom but there's always a great reason to disobey so serious moment right now um, but please hear me in this I, uh, I I have worked through this personally and am still being convicted um, I, I do believe that there there is sin in our church um, in this um, but I also believe that there are some of you like there is some that are truly loving Jesus in this way I have recently had people come up to me and talk with me about just how they're expressing moments of, of hospitality and love for one another and it is it is remarkable if this is not a moment of condemnation because there is no condemnation like this Jesus like we we heard what he did um, but it is a serious moment that I, I i hope if I hope that you would have this uh, the same mental attitude and uh, desire for the Holy Spirit that I did. And what happened to me is I thought I was okay, and then the Holy Spirit showed me the truth. And I have spent time in repentance. Um, so I, I do want to talk through some some very specific sin. Um, woe to me, because cause I, have, I have done many of these. But surface-level love disguised as friendliness, of selfish cliques, of being close to evil instead of absolutely abhorring it of hidden selfish agendas, of suppressed secretive boiling frustrations, of negative words behind closed doors, of selfish actions, of considering yourself before others, of safeguarding your own comfort so you don't have to serve the kingdom, of protecting your friend group against others, of assuming the negative of others instinctively, of not giving the person next to you the benefit of the doubt over and over again, of having a spirit of complaining, of generally not being hospitable, of not outdoing one another in honor, and of not serving Jesus when it is when, when inconvenient to you. As I am as well, I call you to repentance in this area. If you are sinning in this way, we cannot obey Jesus with this sin. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or faint when you are reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he punishes every son he receives. If I have heard from the Spirit properly, this is in our church. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. I pray that you would collectively lead us to repentance in this area. I pray that we would submit to you. I pray that, that you would do your work. I pray that you would finish this in us. I pray that you would continue until there is collective repentance, if I have heard from you right. Please continue in prayer where you are.